and trust that the uh, the message the message that we might bring forth this morning would be uh, uh, edifying to you. And and I think I say that from a spiritual standpoint. Uh, we need we need spiritual food just like we need our natural food to maintain our bodies. And if you're a child of God, you you stand in need of that greatly uh, during the times that we're living in today. And uh, I'd like to, uh, if the Lord would bless me for a little while this morning. Uh, I've been thinking about some things. I trust the Lord will help me to be able to bring some of that together uh, for you here this morning. But uh, thinking about thinking about who our great enemy is, I think a lot of times uh, that we we forget uh, about enemy identification and uh, realizing the things that we need to recognize who the enemy is and how he presents himself. A lot of times, if we don't. Uh, then it'll kind of fall into one of those words that uh, that I've been thinking about some this this week, uh, and that is about being deceived, uh, and how deception plays such a great part, and how that's such a great characteristic. I just like use the word "great." That almost sounds like an ad admiration type thing, but I don't mean it to sound like in an admiring way, but in a way of of warning to us and what God's word has has laid out for us. Uh, in a number of different places, so that we might we might recognize uh, when when think when we're being deceived in this old this old world that we're living in. So uh, you know, as thinking about that, I thought uh, just thinking about natural examples. You know how uh, you know one of the great one of the great things that uh, magicians do. You know, magicians are misdirection. You know, they get you looking over here while they're doing something over here. And I'm not a magician, so I don't know exactly how they do all that stuff. I know they've got stuff hid and things. You know, they've got all kinds of little tricks they play. But it's all about an illusion and a deception that's going on and about misdirection. They do, they do the same thing in football. You know, they got the fakes. Uh, they've got all the, uh, they've tied the ball behind the back and all this kind of stuff, faking one way, looking one way, linemen run one way. Uh, while the running backs go in another or the receiver goes another, it's all about deception and misdirection and keeping you uh, off off base and off track. Uh, we used to do the same thing in baseball. You had the old hidden ball trick. You know, you throw the ball down to second. Uh, the uh, the second baseman appears to uh, catch uh, catch the ball, uh, but he goes running out into the outfield like, oh, I got it. It got by me, uh, and suddenly the runner comes off base. Bing! You got him. Uh, all about uh, misdirection, deception, and keeping you off track. So when we go back, and, and I could go back this morning and, and we could read some things that take place in the third chapter of the book of Genesis, but I'll allow you to go back and read that. Uh, but part of the deception that, that's taking, taking place there, and we find this, uh, this laid out for us, uh, and I and I'm your take when I dive into some verses I'm I'm using some verses and I want to link some verses together here this morning for us uh, in looking at this. Uh, but here he uh, the apostle Paul is writing to the young preacher Timothy, and he's he's giving a justification, if you will, why why women are not uh, put in authority as far as teach a uh, teaching authority over the home and over the church. And I say over the home, you gotta you gotta couch that because there's other places where they are taking a lead in teaching and so forth. So understand, try to understand what I'm saying. But he says here in the eleventh uh, uh, verse of 
1 Timothy chapter 2, he says, Let the woman learn in silence with all subjection, but I suffer not a woman to teach or usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. And again, I think he's talking from a church standpoint and usurping authority, uh, recognizing who is, who is in charge, and so forth. So, uh, again, I could turn over to Titus. The older, elder women, older women are to teach the younger women, uh, and there's things that are to teach the younger women, uh, which uh, gracious knows our young, older women need to be teaching our younger women these things today uh, in our homes and our families and our churches and so forth. So, anyway, he says, I suffer not a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man, and that would be, I think, authority given to the man by God. <laughs> uh, you know, if the man doesn't have an authority over something, you can't usurp it. But anyway, uh, so he goes on and says, For Adam was first formed, and then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in transgression. Okay, so there's one verse. The woman was deceived. And we know if we go back over and read Genesis chapter 3, uh, Satan appeared to her in the form of an animal. I, I don't, uh, I've talked about this before. Uh, was, was he actually in the form of an animal? Or, uh, or as the old saying goes, was he actually just being a snake in the grass uh, as a person coming and talking to her and deceiving her? We know we could go to Ezekiel chapter 28 uh, that there was an anointed cherub that was over the Garden of Eden, uh, and this anointed cherub, which was one of the highly placed individuals in God's uh, hierarchy of cherubims and seraphims and so forth, this anointed cherub that was over the Garden of Eden at that time is the very one that fell because of his pride. He was a beautiful creature. God had created a beautiful creature there that was over this garden. And here, he gave, the Bible says he was lifted up in his pride and thought that he could excel to be God himself. And God put him in his place. Uh, and then he began to try to, once God created man and the woman and placed them in the garden, uh, he set out to deceive uh, and also caused them to fall from their place that they had uh, and ultimately trying to see that he would make himself as to be the leader, ruler, authority, wanting to ascend to the place of God himself, uh, which was impossible uh, for him to do. But uh, So he says here in 1 Timothy chapter 3, the woman was deceived. That's part of what I wanted to get at. Then we turn over to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter uh, uh, 11, I believe it is, uh, uh, or chapter, uh, chapter 10, and we find over there, uh, again, that it talks about the woman uh, being deceived. And so uh, uh, as, we, as we look at some of these things uh, uh, and find them here in the Word of God, uh, uh, it talks about the fact that deception is taking place. Uh, and what is part of, the, part of the thing that God warns us uh, through his ministers and teachers uh, uh, constantly? Uh, uh, he's telling us, uh, be not deceived, God is not mocked, uh, whatsoever man soweth, 
that shall he also reap. Again, don't be deceived. There's a deceiver out there that's looking to deceive you and I. And deception takes place in many forms and by many things today. I was thinking, again, as my mind wanders about things today, and I thought about deception and deceiving and how things are told. Also, we'll get over to another characteristic that I want to lay out about Satan because not only did he deceive the woman, there by his presentation and we know that uh, the woman then goes to the man and he freely partakes of the fruit of the garden and uh, uh, there's always discussion about was the man right there with her I think he was at the time she was deceived he was standing there watching all this take place and didn't do what he should have done to protect the woman which God had given him a charge of uh, and had brought to him as a gift so the man failed totally and this is so we're not trying to stand here and say throw down on the woman today uh, or anything like that Uh, uh, but she was the one initially deceived there in the the garden and then the man freely broke the law of God by partaking the fruit that God had forbidden also it might bring out the fact that God had told the man to eat of all the trees of the fruit of the garden except he didn't tell the woman the man was to be in charge of her and to make sure she understood what was said anyway so there's several things taking place here in a deception that taking place and then we can also turn over uh, to the 14th chapter of the book of, not the 14th chapter the 8th chapter of the book of John and we'll find in the uh, 8th chapter of the book of John and I as I was thinking and meditating upon some of these things I I thought about uh, this portion of scripture here uh, where Christ and and you you know I, as I was reading all this I said you know I want to get the I want to make sure I have the context of what's taking place uh, and without reading to you the 5th, 6th, 7th and 8th chapters of the book of John I'll try to give you the context of what's taking place. In the 5th chapter of the book of John Jesus goes up uh, uh, to the uh, goes up to Jerusalem uh, maybe for the first time. I'm not 100% sure of that, uh, but he goes up to Jerusalem and he's there or uh, for the feast of uh, tabernacles. Okay, and while he's there, he goes to the pool of Bethesda, and uh, while he's at the pool of Bethesda, uh, which has several different porches on it, there's a man there uh, who's an impotent man who uh, who is uh, trying to get in. There's a time when it seems the waters are troubled uh, because an angel's presence is there, and the and the people that are sick and that are on the uh, the porches there around that pool are are waiting for this time when the troubling of the water occurs, uh, so they can get into the pool and be healed. Well, there's a man there who has been lame from his birth, who's not able to get up. He needs a man to help him get into the pool. And every time that the water's troubled, others get into the pool before him and he continues there year after year after year, not able to be healed. Jesus comes along and has compassion upon him and heals this man on the Sabbath day. <clears throat> Well, that really upset a lot of people there in the, uh, the Pharisees among the community. Uh, uh, and they began to uh, uh, rail upon him. And it was that they uh, even set out that they were going to kill him uh, uh, because he had done work on the Sabbath day. Uh, well, he, we go back to uh, uh, sixth chapter of the book of, of John. He goes back to Galilee. And, uh, there he uh, appears to his disciples. There's the story of the fishes and the loaves and how he feeds the multitude. 
multitude and so forth. We, we journey on to, to chapter 7 then, uh, and the disciples are going back to Jerusalem. Huh? They're going back to Jerusalem for the Passover, um, and they want to know, is he going to go with them? And he says, well, I'm not going to go right now. You guys go ahead. Uh, and after they had gone up to Jerusalem, then Jesus journeys up there also. And he goes into the temple to teach. Uh, and there are those that are looking for him there because there are those that are seeking to kill him uh, because he had done work. The, the, the previous uh, time of him being there, they were still looking for him because uh, he had done work on the Sabbath day. Part of what Jesus begins to present to them here in this 8th chapter of the book of John, he, may, he makes this comment. Of course, now we go back to the first part of the 8th chapter. Again, uh, this is the, one of the first things that happens in the 8th chapter uh, is uh, the Pharisees bring a woman to Jesus uh, who was caught in the very act of adultery, uh, and they want to uh, bring this. Uh, you know, it says, the law says that she should be stoned. Uh, what do you say, Jesus? Uh, and, uh, and he reaches down, writes in the earth you know and there's and and I could speculate uh, uh, and and might just have to throw this out I don't know this uh, uh, because no one knows what Jesus was scribbling there in the dirt uh, but the Bible does say uh, uh, that the wicked shall be written in the earth uh, uh, maybe he was writing the names of those present there uh, uh, that day that were presenting her I don't know that uh, uh, but he scripts rights in the dirt and so forth and he raises back up and says let the, let the one without sin cast the first stone <clears throat> he goes back to writing in the dirt. <clears throat> That's what he did. And, and, when, and when he raised his head up, all her accusers were gone. And he asked the woman, he says, where are thine accusers? She says, they're not here. He says, neither do I accuse thee. Go thy way and sin no more. And so uh, we find this being his uh, journey back. Now he goes back to the temple again uh, and begins to teach and to talk uh, to the people that are there. And uh, again, he knows that there are those that are, that are there to kill him. And uh, he says, uh, uh, and we'll try to make sure that uh, we get into the right place here. He says, uh, uh, verse 12, he says, Then Jesus spake again, saying, I am of the light. Of, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Now, again, part of what we're facing, and I want to—I'll go over and get another another portion of scripture uh, here in just a little while. We we'll go over and look in the uh, the book of Ephesians, uh, uh, chapter six. Uh, uh, but we're fighting this—the the battle that you and I are fighting—and part of why I'm trying to talk about this this morning is you and I are in a battle uh, this morning. We're in a war, if you will, against the powers of darkness, uh, of the, uh, the powers of the darkness of this world, against principalities and powers. Uh, and uh, we need to understand what principalities and powers are and how they influence. Uh, and uh, if you don't know who the enemy is, you can't fight the battle. And if you don't know what the, the, war, the weaponry is that you have, uh, you can't fight the battle. And so you 
and I need to recognize there's all kinds of deception taking place uh, and there's deception taking place uh, uh, both sometimes in the churches uh, uh, and, uh, uh, and the things that are being taught and, and brought. Uh, we, we're not going to talk about a social justice uh, uh, a doctrine here in the, in the church this morning. We're going to talk about Jesus Christ uh, and we're going to talk about living a just and honest life because of him uh, uh, but uh, not preaching uh, those things as being a higher priority than the Savior himself. We're here to worship Jesus Christ our Lord uh, and he is, the, uh, he is the one that has given us the victory uh, uh, this morning. So as Jesus is fighting this battle uh, and as he's facing off against the darkness of this world, uh, he says I'm the light of the world uh, and if you'll follow me uh, and he that follows me shall not walk in darkness and the Pharisees therefore said unto him thou bearest record of thyself thy record is not true <laughs> and Jesus answered and said unto him though I bear record of myself yet my record is true for I know whence I came and whether I go but ye cannot tell whence I come or whether I go I know who I am I know where I've come from. You don't know who I am, and you don't know where I've come from or where I'm going to. Uh, he says, uh, ye judge after the flesh. He says, and I judge no man. You look upon the flesh only. And uh, you know, a lot of times uh, uh, we need to look beyond the flesh. Uh, we need to look into the spirit. Uh, and that's part of what I'm talking about here this morning. If we're just judging by our natural eyes, we're going to miss a great picture of, of what's, going, what's really going on in this world that we're living in uh, uh, today. And he says, yet if I judge, my judgment's true. For I am not alone, uh, and I am, the I, I am not alone, but I am the Father that sent me... Uh, it is written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one that beareth witness of myself, and the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. Then said they unto him, Where is thy father? <clears throat> Jesus answered, Ye neither know me nor my father. If, it, if, I, <clears throat> if ye had known me, you should have known the father also. These words spake Jesus in the treasury as he taught in the temple, and no man laid hands on him, for his hour was not yet come. <clears throat> then said Jesus again unto them, I go my way, and you shall seek me, and you shall die in your, in your sins. Whether I go, you cannot come. I mean, he's getting plain, he's getting actually getting plain, plain, plain with these people. You don't know me, you don't know the Father. You don't know where I'm going, where I've come from, or where I'm going to, and you shall die in your sins. Uh, as, as Elder Sonny Pyle said years ago, uh, we're all going to die of our sins, uh, but we're all hoping here this morning we don't die in our sins because our sins have been taken off of us, okay, by the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Uh, so these, he looks at these and says, uh, Ye sh and shall die in your sins, whether I go, you cannot come. And then the Jews said, will he kill himself? <laughs> because he said, whether I go, you cannot come. And he said unto them, ye are from beneath, I am from above, ye are of this world, and I am not of this world. Well, I'm plainer, plainer, pl you know, just getting more pronounced um, in what's going on. And they sa then said they unto him, who art thou? And Jesus said, even the same that I said to you from the beginning. Uh, he, he, started, he started off in the very beginning telling them exactly who he was. And he says, I have many things to say and to judge of you, 
uh, but he that sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. They understood not that he spake unto them of the Father. Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he, and that I, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things, and he that sent me is with me, and the Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things which please him. Uh, that, you know, for you and I today, you know, the, you know we're, we've talked here several weeks ago about being disciples or followers of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ says, what I do while I'm, I'm here as the Son of Man, I do what the Father shows me to do. And I speak the things that the Father tells me to speak. And I, and I want to kind of couch some of this this morning to think about being deceived. Uh, it's hard to be deceived if you know the truth and you follow the truth. Right. <clears throat> there, there's, there's, the, the two go hand in hand. There's one thing to know the truth, but not to do it. Uh, and if, but if you know the truth and do the truth, and can see the truth and recognize that God's word is truth. That's what he says over here in John chapter 17 in his prayer. God's word is truth. Uh, I, then, then we can begin to get an idea uh, that if we stay in the truth, and, and he'll get to this here, uh, uh, the truth will actually set you free uh, because you'll not be deceived by what's going on in the world around you. So he says, uh, uh, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. Uh, that, in, in, indeed, in truth. Uh, if you continue in my word, and I want to I say this morning, I may, maybe sometimes make this uh, maybe over-explain, but I want to over-explain if I can. Say, continuing in his word means staying there. And I don't mean just staying in the Bible and reading the Bible 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Continuing in his word means letting it, the, to let that be your guide of your thoughts and the way you think, the way you look at the world, the way you treat other people. Uh, love, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, with all thy might, and thy neighbor is thyself. That guiding thought being in your mind, if you continue in my word, then shall you be my disciples or followers indeed, truly. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Then they answered him and says, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Jesus answered and says, Verily I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin, and the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. So the servant's not going to always be in the house, uh, uh, but he says uh, uh, the son is always going to be there. And if the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. I know that you're Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me because my word hath no place in you. Boy, again, ratcheting, ratcheting down, if you will, who these people are and what they are. Okay, now I understand today you and I can't, can't see the hearts of men. We're not Jesus Christ. Uh, we can't see that someone is a, a child of the king or not a child of the king. Uh, uh, but we can recognize deception when it's taking place. We can recognize what he's going to talk about here in just a minute. Uh, if we continue in the truth. 
uh, and follow after the things of the truth. He says, I know you're Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me because my word hath no place in you. I speak that which I have seen of my father, and ye do that which ye have seen of your father. He just told them their father wasn't his father. Uh, so he says, uh, <clears throat> you speak the things, uh, you do that which you have seen of, with your father. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God, this did not Abraham. Abraham didn't, didn't set out to try to kill, uh, kill God or try to kill his angel, uh, which he sent to Abraham. Uh, we can go back over there before Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. God himself in the form of, I believe, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ pre-incarnate before he came into this world in, uh, in the year uh, 2,000 years ago, appeared to Abraham along with two angels to warn Abraham that he was about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah uh, and that uh, he was going to send his angels down there to get Lot out, okay? And so uh, uh, he says, uh, Abraham, if you were the children of Abraham, and I think he's not talking about natural lineage descendants, He's talking about men of faith, men that have been born of the Spirit of God. If you were the children of Abraham in the sense of who the true children of Abraham are, he says, you would do the works of Abraham. And he says, but now you seek to kill me, a man that has told you the truth, which I have heard of the God, and this did not Abraham. Now, I'm going to go back, uh, uh, because I'm not sure, this may be back over in the seventh chapter of the book of, uh, the same book of John, but uh, part, of the, part of what Jesus presents to them back over there is this. He says, <clears throat> you know, on the Sabbath day, ye circumcise a man according to the law of God. He said, now it's okay to do that work on the, uh, uh, on the, uh, on the Sabbath day. But he says, but I, when I make a man totally whole, you want to kill me for doing that on the Sabbath day. He says, can't you, can't you, and this is in Charles Kitchen's word, but can't you see the irony in that? You're all concerned about keeping the law to a jot and to a tittle so that you circumcise a man on the, on the eighth day, uh, on the Sabbath day, and so forth. Uh, but here I am, come and make a man every quit whole on the Sabbath day, and you're all alarmed about that and want to put me to death. Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God, neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my word. Now, there's no doubt, and I, I use this for all those that kind of don't, don't get sometimes that there's a spiritual hearing of the Word of God that's, more, that's above just hearing my voice here this morning. Uh, uh, you can hear my voice. They were hearing the voice of Jesus but they weren't hearing his word as it was the word of God and the truth. Now, yeah, now, so I think so. Think about this this morning. I stand up here maybe sometimes and preach to you some of the things that are in the Bible. But do you hear it as the word of God? Whoo! Now that puts a whole new light on it, doesn't it? Uh, am I hearing this admonition uh, as to be the word of God today? Into 
let's just, we can start down a list of deceptions here this morning. Uh, we want to, uh, but today, in today's world, uh, everyone is teaching uh, the young folks. Uh, uh, <clears throat> they're teaching them uh, why it's okay to get uh, to live with someone before you're married. Uh, it's okay to have sexual relationships with, with uh, each other before you're married. Uh, uh, the Bible calls that, by the way, fornication. Uh, uh, and so, and it says that we should not be fornicators and that we shouldn't hang around those that do, uh, and so forth. <clears throat> well, Brother Charles, but that's just not very modern. That's not, that's not the modern way of thought. No, you're correct. That's God's way of thought. That's God's word. What are we going to stand on and are we going to be deceived by the teachings of this world? Are we going to believe God's word? These people, he says, you cannot even hear my word. Now, there was a reason why they couldn't hear. But I'm pointing out to us here this morning as God's children, are we being deceived? If deception takes place long enough, do we think it's the truth? Even though it's totally against what God's word teaches. Are we being led down a trail of deception? And if he's the deceiver... Who is it's behind the deception? That's what that's where I'm where I'm headed at. Who is it is ultimately behind teaching these things, undermining the family, and undermining the home, undermining the church, God's bride, and her authority that it should have here in this world to be believed and followed as teaching the truth of God, and, and heaven, forbid, heaven forbid, which has happened, that God's church gives in to these teachings and begins to say, that's okay. Uh, they've been deceived. They're, the deceiver has deceived them into taking up modern thought and, uh, and so forth versus what the Word of God says. All right. <laughs> I could go down a whole, like I said, that's just one item on the list. Okay, of things that uh, that have crossed my mind uh, in the last few days. Uh, uh, I'll I'll throw out one more. I, this this one is is you know that's over in the uh, I guess in the godly living sense of things. Uh, but again, deception. Uh, think about things when people get on there and say, "Why there's nothing but peaceful protests taking place in certain cities? It's peaceful. Why are things being <clears throat> you know?" And you got the pictures. Uh, what are you going to believe? What I tell you or your lying eyes? You know, uh, uh, kind of a deal. Uh, 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 you can see the fires and the bombs and the rockets and so forth being shot. It's peaceful protest. Is there a deception taking place? Why? Whew, that's a whole other list of things. Uh, Jesus said unto them, if, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God, neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Even because ye cannot hear my word. Ye are of your father the devil. I mean, he kept ratcheting it down, didn't he? Until he finally said it. <laughs> ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. You act like your father. The lust of your father ye, he, ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning. 
uh, we go back over and uh, and think about how he worked in the in the hearts of uh, of Cain uh, in verses Abel. Uh, he was a murderer from the very beginning of things taking place back over there. And listen to this: he was a murderer from the beginning, abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not. <clears throat> Satan is the father of lies. He's a deceiver. Uh, he told a lie to, uh, to uh, Eve in the garden. He looked at Eve and said, uh, you'll not surely die. Did God say that if you eat this, that you'd die? He said, you shall not surely die. Lie number one. <laughs> he was already deceiving her, uh, appearing to her there in the garden. Uh, uh, I'm here for your best interest. Uh, <clears throat> you know, if you eat this fruit, you'll be like, God doesn't want you to eat that fruit because he knows if you eat of it, you'll be like him, knowing good and evil. Uh, uh, why? Deception, deceiving, lying, manipulating. <laughs> Just the old hidden ball trick. <laughs> Don't look over here. <laughs> Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain uh, kind of deal. Uh, you know, all of those things that you've heard, seen, thought about over the years, uh, that's what's going on. And so you and I need to be aware. We need to be aware of deception. And the only way you can truly be aware of when you're being deceived is you've got to know the truth. The truth will set you free. <laughs> truth will keep you from being deceived. Uh, that's both talking about in a natural sense. Uh, it's also talking about in a scriptural, spiritual sense. You must know the truth of what God's Word teaches to keep from being deceived. You won't be misled, uh, uh, Brother Brody, uh, uh, Sister Victoria, and not that this is the first time y'all have heard this, uh, uh, but y'all have been told from the, from the Word of God about uh, uh, going off and committing fornication, uh, about adultery and those kind of things out there. And when others try to come along and teach you those things and tell you it would be good for it, don't be deceived, Right? Don't let them kid you. It's not going to be for your good. It's not going to be for the furtherance of the, your best spiritual life and relationship with God. Right. Don't allow the deception. Whew, I wish I'd have preached all this this hard 20 years ago uh, or 30 years ago or, or, or whatever. Uh, but, you know, uh, I, I won't say that we didn't teach some of it. Uh, uh, just saying uh, uh, that uh, I, I want to get plain and recognize even more so. Where is, the, where is the deception coming from, right? And what is the ultimate source of these things? Okay. He that is of God heareth God's word. Ye therefore hear them not because you're not of God. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, you just don't. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, Say we not well that thou art a Samaritan and hast a devil? Oh, yeah, see, we're, we're, see, see, there's something wrong with this guy. Uh, he must be a Samaritan. They're trying to throw down on Jesus. And Jesus answered, I have not a devil, but I honor my Father, and you do dishonor me. I seek not my own glory. There is one that seeketh and judgeth. Verily I say unto you, 
if a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. Now, we, he gets into a whole thing here. I'm not going down through this necessarily, but, uh, you know, this is, you'll not see death. Why, our father Abraham and all the prophets have died. You mean you're greater than them? Well, yeah, the answer was yes. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, uh, they began to kind of throw down because he said, and, and they were also throwing off and said, well, Abraham died. And we know that he kept your sayings and followed after your things, and he died, so how can you say that? It's kind of what they're, what they're throwing down on. And, uh, and uh, he, he just brings it right back to them. And, and furthermore, uh, Abraham's not dead. Abraham's alive. <laughs> uh, he did. So uh, let's turn over if we can. Uh, we'll turn over, I think, to Second uh, Timothy. I really got to get to Ephesians, uh, but but I got to go Second Timothy because of the things that are laid out there. So Second Timothy chapter three, and he says this, and y'all have heard this multitudes of times, but we we'll go back to it again this morning and keep remembering what we're talking about about principalities and powers you know you know that principalities is an interesting word i bet brother allen's looked at i know what he's been reading studying and doing looking at you know principality it means like beginning first things so principalities are first things but when you talk about evil now you're talking about first things in evil are satan and the demons and the fallen angels and those that are the spiritual wickedness that's in, that's in this world, that's in high places, right? So in principalities, when he says uh, that we need to be aware of principalities and powers, uh, those that have power, and don't, don't kid yourself uh, this morning, uh, demons have power. Uh, Satan has power. Uh, Peter warns us and says, uh, and one, we've been talking about deception, uh, uh, and it's interesting how the Bible gives you more than one picture of things a lot of times. Uh, Peter tells us that Satan as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. So there's times when Satan is bold and just as bold as a lion going about roaring, look who I am. I think that's kind of what he did back over there, you know, when he was when he actually fell. Uh, was yeah, look at who I'm the anoint, I am the anointed cherub. Uh, I'm the I'm the great one of the garden. Uh, so uh, I ought to have. So who are these humans here uh, uh, that you placed in here? And look at me, I'm so good looking. <coughs> you know, that, I mean that's. That's Satan. That's the that's the anointed cherub lifted up in his pride, looking at who he was, who he thought he was, and what he thought he could be. And God let him know where his place was. <clears throat> and uh, you know, because you hear that, and you say, "Why are you talking about some of that?" Well, I bring that up to say this. You know, a lot of times people will make the comments as, uh, uh, "Well, God created the devil." No, he created an anointed cherub that was beautiful and, and yeah. great and a servant. And, and that anointed cherub fell and became that which is Satan and the devil and so forth. So he didn't create an evil being as some kind of counter force against him. And you say, well, does God not know everything? Yes, he does. Did he know what was going to happen? Yes, he did. Uh, and he went ahead and did that and created us also. So there's a whole fantastic intertwined story of all that. But he says, this know, Second uh, Timothy chapter 3, this know that in the last days perilous times shall come. 
For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Now, that's a pretty good description here of what we see going on in the world today, that uh, men will be lovers of their own selves, they'll be covetous, uh, boasters. Well, you can't, you know, people going around and bragging and braggarts and so forth, boasting, proud, and so forth, uh, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, uh, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, that's a whole nother, that's a whole line of discussion without natural affection. Uh, I don't have to get, do I have to get, I always get plain for y'all. Uh, if y'all, if I need to be plainer, you come talk to me. Uh, so he says, without natural affection, truce breakers, uh, that's people that don't keep their word, uh, don't do what they say they're going to do. Uh, they lie to you and, and, uh, and tell you one thing and do something else. Truce breakers. False accusers. Uh, in other words, they accuse people uh, uh, of things that are kind of like they did Jesus. Uh, they accused Jesus uh, of being something that he wasn't uh, uh, to try to do harm to him. False accusers. Uh, incontinent. Uh, that's a type of uh, sensuality. Fierce despisers uh, of those that are good. Traitors. Heady. High-minded. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. People that, that appear to have a godly form about them, but they, it's just a form of godliness. In the meantime, they're, there's not a, there's, they're not humble. They're not uh, loving their neighbor. Uh, they're not trying to do those things that are good. Uh, they're not trying to uh, live a life that would honor and glorify God. Uh, but yet, all the time, they're, they're, they want to be a, they want to kind of hang around at, uh, uh, the church or some things like that to have a form of godliness about them. Uh, or maybe they go around and maybe they're just do-gooders. And, and I don't mean that to sound like do doing good is a bad thing. But, you know, there are people out there uh, that they, they think uh, if they can just get uh, do, do enough and have just enough charity on this and that and the other, they're just, uh, they're just wonderful people because they've done all that. <clears throat> it's kind of going down a whole other trail of thing, thought, but, but, I'll, but I'll give it to you anyway uh, on, on things like it. The Bible says the man that doesn't work shouldn't eat. <clears throat> Charity was placed in the hands of God's people. We're the ones that are being to be charitable. Do you know it doesn't say anywhere in the Bible that the government is supposed to take care of everybody? <clears throat> doesn't say that. It's given to God's people to do the charity. Now, you know what's happened in this country? Government has taken over charity and God's people have gone slack in doing what they should do. Uh, and so now no people don't look any longer to charity for God from God's people and God's people aren't doing it like they should. Then I know there's things out there that people do and so I'm talking in general, in a generality speaking sense. But now people look to the government to be the one to be the source of things, and they don't see God as being the source of their goods and their livings and so forth, okay? That it's coming from God's hands. So anyway, that's a mistake that we've made. And we've, we've been deceived. We've been deceived into giving that away and letting others do it instead of doing it ourselves. And we've been deceived over the years in not doing enough charity ourselves, and that's the reason the government comes in and starts doing things. So, I mean, there's all kinds of reasons behind all this. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, 
but denying the power thereof from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses, lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lust, ever learning and never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. There's a condemnation there that there's a learning that's going on, but they're not really getting down to the truth of what needs to be done. All right? Getting down to the truth. So uh, let's turn over to Ephesians, because if I don't get over there, then time will get gone, and it's not my intention to try to see if I can fill up an hour's worth of time uh, just to fill it up. Uh, So let's turn over to Ephesians chapter 6. In Ephesians chapter 6, and and, and Brother Adam's going to be preaching to us, Coming down through here talking about all these things that are uh, about how we're to be one family, one together, Jews and Gentiles coming together, all saved by the grace of God. Uh, not, not one group saved one way and another group saved another way, but from before the foundation of the world, God chose a people to be in Christ Jesus, and Christ died for them on the cross and redeemed them and purchased them and bought them and delivered them by his shed blood. Okay, and so now he comes on over and, and begins to tell us uh, uh, as we go on through chapter 3, chapter 4 uh, uh, that we're not to walk after our, own, uh, after our own flesh and after our own sins. We're to put off the old man, put on the new man. Also something y'all have heard me preach about here numerous times uh, that we're to grow up into Christ Jesus which is our head. He's the head of the church. He's the head of the body. We're to grow up into him. Uh, and we're also supposed to grow up <laughs> Uh, as God's children, there, there comes time for us not to no longer be uh, children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine or teaching that's out there, but to grow up into Christ, which is our head. <clears throat> he says, first of all, he says, uh, verse 14, I'm going to dive into this part. He says, henceforth, and i got to go back above that. He says, Till we come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man of the fullness and measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. There are men out there that lie in wait to deceive you by their cunning and craftiness. Uh, And he says, we need to grow up into Christ. We need to be strengthened in the word of God so that we're not... Have you ever heard, have you ever seen one of these old TV shows where they talk about uh, some guy, you know, and they said, well, he's just like a rubber ball. Uh, he's over here today and over there tomorrow, and he can't make up his mind. He's like a bouncing ball. Yeah, if, you're, if you're for it, he's for it. If you're against it, he's against it. If you're for it today, he's for it. If, he, if you're against it tomorrow, he's against it. He can't make up his mind. He says, we as God's children are not like, supposed to be like that. We're not to be henceforth children uh, tossed about by every wind of doctrine, every wind of teaching that comes along. We're to be uh, 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 growing up in Him, and but speaking the truth in love may grow up in Him in all things, which is the head Christ, so forth, from whom the whole body fitly joined together, uh, fitly joined together, compacted, edifies the body, loving the body, caring the body. Okay, so we're to grow up. Why? so that we're not tossed about. Then he gets over to chapter 5, and he talks about how husbands are to love your wives, and wives are to be, be obedient to their husbands. And then he goes on in chapter 6 and says, Children, 
Obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. <clears throat> you know, fathers can be so mean and aggravating, they can provoke their children to wrath when they get older. We're to train them, we're to teach them, but we're not to be so overbearing that when they get grown, they can't stand you. Okay? <laughs> Some, is this, I think that's a fair interpretation of that. <laughs> uh, you know, that's part of what preaching is, is we're in, uh, to both ex- uh, read you the Word of God and explain the Word of God to you so that you can understand, so that I can understand. But he says, you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You're to love them. (laughs) You're to love them, uh, and your training is to be through love. Does that mean sometimes you have to uh, uh, admonish, administer, uh, admonition in in, in some ways uh, without being hurtful to them? Yes. (laughs) Uh, If you don't... don't, uh, uh, we can go over to Hebrews chapter 12. He says, The child that's without chastisement is a bastard and not a son. In other words, you don't, if you don't love them enough to discipline them, uh, <clears throat> then, then they're really not, you're not treating them like a, like a child, <laughs> like, like they're your child. Uh, but he also adds, see, notice how God's word, I love God's word because it's so balanced. It says do it, but be careful how you do it. Don't do it, you get in trouble. <laughs> do it, but be careful how you do it. Balance with all these things. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them uh, up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That's like I, I was thinking last Sunday, I'll pitch this in with you. Brother Adam was talking about some things there in chapter 1, you know, and he was talking about the message of God is simple. Well, it is. God's Word, is. We sometimes we make it too complicated. Uh, but then you know what I also thought about? God's word is like the ocean, you know. It it it's very simple. If you know, if you're on the shore, it's very shallow, and, uh, and it's not. And it's so simple and so beautiful. Further out, the further out you get, the deeper and deeper it gets. It just gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And so you can take you can take one verse of scripture, or uh, maybe one chapter. You know, you could take that first chapter of the book of, of Ephesians, as Brother Adam's been teaching to us, and you say, well, that's so simple. That's so beautiful to see what he's talking about there, that God loved us and redeemed us, and, and that uh, we're all of one family. We're Jews and Gentiles together serving the Lord. Yet I can also turn into that same chapter, and I can go back into the Old Testament, and I can teach you about the laws of redemption. And I can teach you how Christ fulfilled that law of redemption to a jot and to a tittle and, and everything that he did. And, that, and suddenly that one verse or two in there about redemption gets so deep <laughs> that you, can, you cannot under, totally understand where you are in this thing of the Word of God. So God's Word is so balanced here. It tells you on one hand, uh, you know, if you don't discipline them, uh, you, they're not treating them like a child, okay? Then on the other hand, it says, be careful how you do that. Because you can turn your children against you so that they'll want to revolt and get away from you as fast as they can. And you need to be careful how you train them and how you treat them and how you love them because you're to bring them up in the nurture 
and admonition of the Lord. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters uh, according to the flesh. Uh, this is not teaching slavery. Uh, it's teaching uh, uh, that if you are a servant and someone else is, uh, you work for someone else. You're, you know, servants are common in, the, in that day and age. It's not so common in the United States of America. In some parts of the world, servants are still very common, uh, uh, part of, the, of a household. Uh, uh, and that's not talking about slavery. Uh, it could be a bond servant, someone that's indentured to someone that's serving out some time. Maybe they paid off a debt for you, brought you into a country, whatever they did. Uh, but he says, servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear uh, with fear and trembling and singleness of your heart as unto Christ, not with eye service. In other words, not just kind of, you know, oh, yes, yes, I'm, I'm being nice. Uh, not with eye service, uh, but as men pleasers, but as the servant of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. Servants. Serve, your, serve those that you work for, those that are your masters in the workplace. Uh, he says, serve them as you're working unto Christ, uh, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will doing service as unto the Lord, and not as unto men. You know, sometimes people say, i got a terrible boss. I've had some. <laughs> Probably some of you have had some. But you know what? They were still the person I worked for, and I deserved to do a good job for them because they were paying the, paying the way, and because I'm a servant of Christ, I'm to represent them and act that way on the job regardless of how they act toward me. Okay? That's the way it is. And he says, Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same he shall receive of the Lord, whether he be a, a bond, be bond or free. doesn't matter if you're a bond servant or a slave. Uh, you're going to receive blessings from God. And ye masters, do the same things unto them, forbearing, threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven, neither is there any respect of persons with him. <laughs> God doesn't have any more respect for the, ser the master than he does a servant. He says, don't get to thinking you're something. You've got a master. He's in heaven. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, he's out there. He's a deceiver and he's a liar. We've already proven that to you from the word of God, right? He's a deceiver and he's a liar. And he's telling you, Paul is telling us, be aware of the wiles of the devil. Uh, I use this as an example. Some people get it these days. It's not probably. But Wiley Coyote was kind of wily. Uh, he was sly and smart uh, and deceptive. The wiles of Satan. He's sly. He's cunning. He's deceptive. Uh, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord. The powers might put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's not just a flesh and blood battle that's going on. What you see going on in the world right now, so many of the things that are taking place, whether it be everything from, from Al-Qaeda Al to socialism, this is not just a flesh and blood battle. Okay? <clears throat> we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. There's demons out there that are influencing these things. 
they're, they're looking for a day. They're looking for a day that's, uh, that's coming too. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. There, there's, a, uh, there's a spiritual wickedness in this old world. We go back and look. I, I could go back to Daniel, the, the prophet. And I remember Daniel, uh, he was praying to God, praying. And finally God sent an angel to him after 21 days, I think it was. And as Daniel had prayed, he says, I was held up because I was fighting a battle against the, uh, the, the uh, angel of Persia, which was a demonic angel that was influencing Persia or Babylon in the things that they were doing. This angel had been over there fighting a spiritual battle that was going on that Daniel had no idea about and was delayed in coming to answer Daniel's prayer. That gives you a little glimpse. Some of these things that are in God's Word gives us a little glimpse into the spiritual world and what's really going on. That there are demons out there that are influencing things, uh, influencing our leaders uh, and those that are in government. Uh, those that are that uh, you say, well, surely this is this is a good, from a good source. Uh, may not be, <laughs> might not be. There are things out there that are going on uh, that uh, that you and I don't always quite get and understand. But He's trying to tell us that we're not wrestling this battle that we're in this battle that you and I are in personally it's not just a flesh and blood battle we're battling against principalities against powers against the rulers of darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God <clears throat> that you may be able to withstand the evil day having done all to stand you know, you go down here and look at this armor, and I'm going to just read it real quickly. We'll close because I'm not going to even get into how to use all the armor. Do you know you can't see the armor? You cannot see the armor that you and I are to be wearing any more than you can see the enemy sometimes that you and I are facing. Uh, but So it's a spiritual battle against a spiritual, uh, uh, spiritual enemy, and we need to have spiritual armor to take on this battle. And you can't, and, and you know, uh, it's, a daily, it's a daily thing. Wherefore, taking you the whole armor of God, stand therefore having your loins girt about with what? Truth! We gotta have, we gotta have our bodies protected by the truth of God. <clears throat> have your uh, loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, uh, God's righteousness, the righteousness of Jesus Christ that's going to protect you uh, uh, in the time of battle. Uh, and he says, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In other words, let your walk be peaceable here in this old world. That's part of your armor. And he says, above all, take the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked. Faith is going to be the thing that's going to keep you in the battle and fighting and in, in, the, in the war. Your faith, your faith in God, your faith in His Word, your faith in the things that He's taught you. Have faith, my friends, that you'll be able to quench. He's firing all kinds of darts at us. Uh, he's saying uh, uh, a woman has the right to do what she wants to with her body. Uh, 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 abortion is okay. Uh, do you believe God's Word? Have you taken on the faith? 
the shield of faith that will protect you and protect your mind and so forth. He says, above all, take the shield of faith where you'll be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication. You can, you can have all the armor and you go in there without prayer. Uh, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching wherein too with all perseverance and supplication for the saints and for me that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Well, ended up filling up the hour anyway, didn't I? Uh, you know, it's not. You know, a lot of people that a lot of people that are talking and say sometimes, you know. Uh, uh, I can't sit for more than 20 minutes or whatever, you know. I don't, I don't even understand how you could really, I, I just, I didn't even get into a lot of this stuff about deception this morning. How in the world can you just sometimes preach, you know, in a, I can't even get started in 20 minutes. Sometimes you say, yeah, I know, I wish you'd do better. But anyway, uh, I, I love y'all. I don't want you deceived. That's part of being good disciples of Jesus Christ is knowing the enemy, knowing what his tricks are, and knowing how you can stand in today's world. May God bless you uh, as we go out in another week. Don't let them deceive you out there, my friends. The truth will set you free. May God bless you is our prayer.